What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24 seven. Yeah, yeah, right. But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. Mm -hmm. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family. Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's 902-1-O-N-G with Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling. Okay, you guys, this has been a big one. We had Peppergate and Michael Lang, the director, is here today to talk to us about what really happened. He's going to set the record straight. That's right. Hey, Michael Lang. Hey. Hi. How's it? How come I'm the only one that looks older? You really don't. You look the same. This was all dark when you last saw me. All your beard hairs. Yeah. Your beard hairs. <laughs> and there was more of this. Oh, boy. You really don't. Don't look older. Like to think that it was 30 years ago. Oh my gosh. Well, not the last time we saw you because we saw you no. the season 10. Right. But, oh my goodness. Where do we start? Oh God. <laughs> Should we start with our email exchange? Let's just start with that. Okay. So obviously our fans know that we had an incident that we now have called Peppergate. I love it. <laughs> Where we talked to a guest star, um, and he from you know gave his perception of how what mm-hmm. it was like being on set. 
Mm -hmm. Um, It started with a story of Shannon coming in with a boa constrictor. Is that right, Jen? Yeah, around around, her neck. Around her neck. (laughs) Which is you don't don't remember a boa constrictor at all on set? Uh, no. You might, was it a boa constrictor? No, maybe it was a python. I think, I think you can't have python. a boa constrictor on your neck. You'd be no, dead. That would kill you. <laughs> it would definitely kill you. Maybe not Shannon, though. It might kill the boa constrictor. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, okay, go on. There was a, a deadly boa Which constrictor around her neck. Because Jen, Jen knows I usually have a pretty good memory about stuff. And as he started to tell this story, I even went, I don't remember that. We like, didn't know that neither of us remember the snake. Yeah. And that's a pretty major thing. So that would be major. <laughs> maybe we should have started there being like, hmm, things are a little off. Then it obviously we went into talking about he and I. He was the ski instructor and we had a romantic scene in front of the fireplace. But I was still, Donna was still in love with David. And he told a story that he, uh, that you told me that it was great. I should put the scene on my reel. And then when I left the set that you said, I don't know why she's on the show. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. No. I don't mean to laugh. I looked at the scene this morning. Because, you know, directors, we like to prep. So I looked at the scene and it hit me when I was looking at the scene. First of all, it was a nice scene. The fire was excellent. And I loved my first shot. I'm a genius. My first shot, pulling back from the fire to that beautiful two shot of the two of you. And then the scene starts and I'm thinking, well, Tori's really good. She's good. And then I'm thinking, and he's kind of meh. I mean, he's very handsome, but kind of meh. So I realized what it was. I don't. I, I have no analysis of the Python thing. That I can't figure out at all. But I know exactly what it was. He was projecting. Because in his head, he was thinking, why am I on the show? <laughs> and after 30 years, he somehow spun it in his head to that I said, why is she on the show? When what I probably, what he really was hearing was, why is he on the show? which actually dovetails with a story because I this is so funny that this came up because there's a story I tell about the casting experience from our side of the of the uh, room. And that's one of the stories I tell his casting session. Right. Because you cast him, right? Yeah. Your episode. Okay. This is the this is it's amazing that this came up with this guy. So basically, Chuck Rosen was in on the casting session. He did not come to all of them, but I think because it was a scene with you mm-hmm. and it was, you know, a pretty important, you know, not a huge amount of scenes that he had, but important that you had made Got a it. decision, even though there was some kind of chemistry between the, you and the ski guy, but that your heart really belonged to David. So it was an important scene, a pivotal decision on Donna's part. So Chuck wanted to be there to make sure that we cast the right guy. So we saw a bunch of guys, and he comes in, and he was very good. Um, and so we finished, and I didn't really have any notes for him. But Chuck says, "Can I? Is it okay if I give him a note?" So I'm like, "I mean, he's you know, Chuck was the exact producer, right. so." But I thought it was nice of him to ask. So I said, "Yeah, of course." So he says, and this is so funny because it's such a producer note as opposed to, I mean, a director would never give a note like this, but the Chuck. He said, 
it was really good. So, so he, whatever he learned in his produce, how to how to cast when you're a producer, you give him a nice compliment first. That's the same in directing school. Um, so he said it was really good, but I, this guy, this guy is just a boot guy, and he's only ever going to be a boot guy. He's never going to be like an assistant manager of the plays. He's just going to always be the boot guy. And I got the feeling from you, your performance that you were going to be more than a boot guy. But that's not what I'm looking <laughs> well, for. Okay. I'm looking for just the boot guy. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I kind of get what he's saying, but how is an actor supposed to assimilate that, right. you know, that note? I mean, it takes a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. And it's not just about the boots in the, in the box. But so that's what he says, right? So the so to his credit, to Pepper's credit, he just nodded and oh, okay, I get it. And he did it again, and for, it seemed to satisfy Chuck. And he left, and he got the part, obviously. So now we shoot the scene, and the next day I get a call from Chuck. He says, "You know what, Michael? I guess the guy just didn't really take my note to heart because he still felt like he was going to be more than a boot guy." <laughs> So I'm like, oh, God bless him, you know, Chuck. He's, you know, such a great, you know, such a great-hearted guy. <laughs> but anyway, All I ever wanted to be was just the boot guy. Just the boot guy. And believe it or not, whenever I occasionally do, you know, uh, panels or whatever with actors and wanting to know about the audition process, I always tell that story. Just the boots, ma'am. Just the boots. Just the boots. Um, <laughs> so what did that mean to him? That meant like reel it back or don't don't be so high on yourself or don't feel like you yeah. matter. What was <laughs> Yeah, I think I think what Chuck meant was he he felt like he was a little too yeah, high on engaged. Himself. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. He's just gonna he's just fitting her for boots and that's it. And then making out with her. And then making out with her. And I don't know <laughs> where the boots came into the making out scene, but you know. <laughs> Producer notes, they're very strange. But anyway, so it's funny that 30 years later, this guy pops up and there's a big controversy now with me. And also, I, I loved when he said, because I listened to a bit of the podcast, you know, your podcast about with him saying, and I love that he said, I was there saying, ooh, baby, yeah, that's really great. That's really uh, hot. Doll, doll. I'm thinking, I don't think I ever would ever, that's not in my little package of tricks. <laughs> just say hey doll just say it one time right hey doll hey doll, hey, yeah. doll. there you go <laughs> ah, the, only ever, the, the only person i call doll is patty lapone <laughs> <laughs> and i don't um, even it's not even doll with her it's zoll zoll oh my goodness anyway. well i i obviously got very reactive during that <laughs> episode because you and i always had such a great relationship to this day, whenever I think of my our directors and our experience, you come to mind. It was just, we, we were friends. You were great at getting all of us. And we, I don't know, we just felt our best when we were with you. So I, during our email exchange, I felt bad because we did have a moment where you said you felt a little hurt that after yeah. all that relationship we had for 10 years, that we immediately believed this guy. And I think it was just a, re and I, I apologize for that because I was very reactive. I was like, oh my gosh. And I thought about it and I was so upset. And I told Jen, I was so upset afterwards. And then 
our producer, Amy, and I actually talked after that show. And she said, okay, let's just talk it out for a second. Even if he thought that for a second, no one would be that stupid to say it out loud in an open set about the boss's daughter. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, take myself out of it and how I was feeling. You're right. So even if it was just that and you really thought I sucked, but. And then Michael said, I said, my 18-year-old self is still like holding on to that and was like, oh my God, maybe I sucked and I was the producer's daughter. So is it horrible? And Michael Lang told me to shut the, tell my 18-year-old self to shut the up. And I was like, you're right. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Well, I feel, I feel better now that you guys have cleared that up. Okay. I feel feel better better too. Okay. I feel better too. I do. Because you didn't just direct that episode. You directed 13. No, 12 more episodes after that. Exactly, exactly. Over the span of season four all the way to season 10. Exactly. That's a yep. long run for, for that was a director. One, that was one of my first ones, I think. Season that four? One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pepper yeah. Cake, yeah. Yeah, because it was right to, it was sort of, I guess, midway through season four. 17, was it episode 17? Was that it? Yeah. You know, whatever it was. And then but the irony of it yeah. is that, you know, as I said in my email to you or whatever, the Instagram thing, I said, you know, there were people who said that, who thought, not only thought, but said, you know, she only got the job because she's the boss's daughter. And the irony of this, of, of uh, now I forgot his name, Pepper. The irony yeah. of Pepper's story is that I, if I ever heard anyone say that, I would fucking go down their throat. And because, you know, I thought you were fantastic in that part. I mean, you were Donna. I don't, I can't, you know, I can't imagine anyone doing that part better than you, bringing that that person to life. Thank you. And that's why I got so pissed off when people would bring that up. And I said, don't, I don't want to hear that around me. Don't ever say that to me. But I get and it. And we know that exists. And when people oh, yeah. work, you know, work with, people that are their family, there's always going to be someone that says it. And it was something I always tried to excel at because I didn't want to ever just remain the boss's daughter. In fact, you know, like the first, the pilot, there wasn't even a name. I was like Kelly's friend. It was like friend number one. Um, And obviously I got that because of my dad. Like we tell funny stories, but I, you know, but I worked really hard and, and I'm proud of being Donna. So anyway, Wait, so now that we cleared that up, we just want to, um, we want you to tell fun stories about your time on the show with us. Oh yeah, my because God. when you came in, the show was already going well. Like it was already exactly. It was going successful. well. What, how was it coming in? Uh, I was so excited to do the show because, you know, it was a huge, you know, it was culturally, you know, it was just a huge show. And it, it was, um, in fact, I used, subsequently in my career, I would always use 90210. Like when I did the OC, I did quite a few episodes of the OC. And when those actors would start kind of feeling themselves, I would say, well, I would, I would, I would say, do you know? And then I would bring up one of the characters whose name I won't mention. And he, and, and this other actor on the OC would say no. And I would say, exactly. So he was on 902 or maybe she, or maybe it, I'm not going to say where <laughs> another was on Man. 90210, and that this was only like 10 years ago. And 90210 was a huge hit, like 
30 million people every week would watch the show. And these actors could go nowhere in the world without being mobbed by fans. And our little show, The O.C., you know, it's a it's a definitely popular show, but it's not even close to 90210. And you don't know who this person was who was on the show. So when you start feeling your oats, just remember that, dig in, be professional, do your mm -hmm. job, and know that this is all fleeting. So don't feel so big about yourself. And that's it. Hey everyone. So as you can imagine, we know a thing or two about makeup. We've pretty much tried it all. And we are really liking Thrive Cosmetics because they have a full line of makeup perfect for an everyday look refresh. They have clean ingredients that feel great on your skin and their products are foolproof, which makes it easy for any skill level to apply. And it's really cool to know that Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Oh, I love that connection. See that? Plus, how cool is it that their uh, high-performance formulas are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free? Amazing. And they have zero parabens, sulfates, and phthalates. I really believe when it comes to makeup, beautiful eyebrows are so important. Don't you think? Their Infinity Waterproof Eyebrow Liner helps you achieve your ideal eyebrow look. And their easy-to-use waterproof pencil holds like a wax and blends like a powder. Ooh la la. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash 90210. That's Thrive Cosmetics. C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash 90210 for 10% off your first order. Is there ever really a way to thank your mom for everything she does? My mom is my best friend, my rock. I have learned so much from her through the years. Her wisdom has helped shape me and I love celebrating her, especially on Mother's Day. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. And since she deserves the best, send her the best there is. When it comes to flowers, send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. I love that Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farm. So they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, you guys. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. You go online, pick the delivery date, and you're done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to your mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code 90210 for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com. Promo code 90210, books.com, promo code 90210. Want to temporarily restore definition in your jawline where it's been lost over time? With Juvederm Volux XC, you can get a non-surgical jawline treatment that adds volume for a smooth contour and to reduce the appearance of jowls in one in-office treatment with little downtime. 
Juvederm Volux XC injectable gel is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. You always had a way of just like really speaking to the actors like they were your friends, like you right. know, very a commonality between you and them. And I think that that is what always made you so liked by us uh, is that, and we kind of let you in, in a way that we probably didn't let other directors in. Right. Well, you know, I try to be understanding of what goes on in actors' heads. I've done a little bit of acting myself and it's always a crushing experience. So <laughs> I, I appreciate, no, I mean, I, so like the other thing that would be would piss me off is when the crew would start complaining when an actor would say you're in my eye line and then the crew would go oh, I'm in your eye line and I would shut them down too because I'm like you know what they have to create this world that excludes all of this equipment lights noises that come in and they have to become a character that they're not and create this illusion for the audience and shut the fuck up with the eyeline thing. Whatever they need to make that happen. It's so hard you can't even imagine. And you bitch about this, just shut up and you know pull focus, okay? <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's like it's you know, I know I'm very protective of actors. Not that they need my protection, but okay, they do. You but, were always anyway. our teddy bear, teddy bear. No. Oh my so gosh. So basically so my thing about nine or two and oh, it's I loved the show. I loved everything about it. And one of the reasons is, like, actually, I just drove by uh, that street that we used to shoot on. Calvert? Calvert? Yeah, Calvert. <laughs> and whenever I drive by there, I always think of movie magic to the max because that was a pretty gnar gnarly area. And here yeah. we are. Do you ever think are. about the vi the porn that was being filmed exactly. in the set next do, door? Okay. I do think about or it. Or Van Nuys Airport flying overhead every five exactly. minutes. Exactly. And that's another thing that you guys had to figure out how to exclude that from your magical world that you're creating in front of the camera. So but whenever I drive by it, I think this, this show embodies movie magic, the height of movie magic, because there we are across the street from a porn distributing company, driving through an area where we could just as soon get drugs or shot on the way to work. And then, then we go into this stage, which admittedly, if you look beyond the actual sets was pretty crappy. Yeah. And 
we're creating this magical world of Beverly Hills, right. super, super spoiled, you know, elite, not elite, but, you know, privileged humans. Yeah. Uh, and that's the world we're creating. Then we walk outside into the real world again. It's like, oh, geez. <laughs> it is pretty funny so, when you think about it. So, and the, the thing about it is the show, what I loved about the show, one of the, and just in the big general sense was, that it never pretended to be anything more than what it was. Like it was very grounded in terms of what the show was trying to accomplish, what the goal was from a production point of view, and even from an aesthetic and creative point of view. It was not pretentious, even though it was about potentially pretentious people. But the show itself was always here, we're presenting this world to you, there it is, ta-da, and either learn from it, not learn from it, enjoy it, whatever aspect that you get from watching a television show, it's yours for the taking, but we're not going to make any comment about it one way or the other. Whereas so many shows that I've worked on are just pretentious. I think, oh, we were so creative. Oh, we're so artsy fartsy. And it's like, come on, it's a TV show. It's entertained. I'm not saying it's bad to be artistic, but don't, you know, that's just part of the what we do. And I, You're I think so I'm not, right. You're right. Uh, and I'm not saying that 90210 was not. It was very art. I mean, you know, we we did cool shots and right. a lot of movement, and the performances were always dead on. And you know, the subject matter was important to people. So, and but it never presented itself as like all hoity-toity. It was just here. We here you go. Here's our show. I hope you like it. Seeing as you were on from season four to season ten, did you see the dynamic change within the the inner workings of the show throughout all those years? Cause there were so many internal changes. Yeah. Like with the cast, you mean Jen or like, for, yeah, with like, the cast or like producers. writing producer. Yeah. Right. Actually, believe it or not. I, and it's an interesting, I never really thought about it, but a lot of shows within like after the first, the first season, it's like a marriage. Like the first season is sort of the honeymoon. Yeah. And, then, and then, then it goes into, Oh, this is nice. It's a nice, comfortable, we, and then you end up hating each other. Everyone ends up hating. <laughs> but that never really happened, as far as I know, on 90210. I, I think everyone pretty much got along. Yeah, the people really came end. and people came and went. And, right. You know, and nobody was there that didn't want to be there, I think. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it was great. And the same with the, the crew was always great. And I think it's, a, you know, a lot of it, I think, was also a lot of it, Tori, was because of your dad. Because there was like, I, I, I remember like I wanted this, uh, this shot. I, we shot it. I don't know if you remember this. We shot it in, at LAX one time and it was in Terminal 2. And I wanted to, I thought when we were scouting and I said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we saw a plane, there was these big bay windows at the end of the terminal. And I said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I pan with the plane and then tilt down and reveal the scene inside. And then the guy with us said, Oh, well, the planes are on the ground by then. And I went, oh, okay. And then I said, well, what if we got a picture of a plane? Mm -hmm. And Tom Fichter, who was the production designer, he said, oh, yeah, we could, yeah, let's do that. So so now I go back and I, now I have to pitch it to Paul Wagner. And I can't remember the John Perret, I think, was the production manager at the right? time. So, because, so uh, I pitch it to them, and, and uh, Paul says to me, and this is like the magic words, do you think you could sell this to Mr. Spelling? 
<laughs> because, <Uh-oh. laughs> that's always like, so everything was within the framework of what's Mr. Spelling going to think? And it was funny that very few people ever called him Aaron. It was always Mr. Spelling or the Mr. was the other <laughs> thing you could call him, the Mr. Oh I actually was finally allowed to call him Aaron. I did a pilot and he, and I call, I kept calling him Mr. Spelling and he said, just call me Aaron. I'm like, oh. That's like, okay. That's so, see, we didn't see that part. So in production, they would still call him Mr. Spelling? Mr. Spelling, yes. That's wild. Yeah. And then, but but that was always sort of the hovering, mm-hmm. that was the thing that hovered over everything was like, if, you, if you're bad, you're going to have to talk to the Mr. or Mr. Spelling. And so no one ever wanted to have that conversation with him. What happened with the plane? What did he say? What happened with the plane? Oh, well, so finally, so I pitch it, and so Paul Wagner, or John Perret says to uh, Tom, how much is this going to cost? And Tom said, about 300 bucks. So literally, Paul says, for 300 bucks, it's going to be worth it to, to see you two guys look like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> oh, my God, amazing. <laughs> and, of course, it worked like a charm. It worked. It worked. <laughs> In fact, I got a call the next day from Duke Vincent. I don't. Do you remember Duke? Of course. So he and he Uncle was a Duke. pilot. He had been a mm-hmm. pilot. So he calls me and he says, "Lang, I thought you were into production, and you're you know you always get things done so fast. I can't believe you would you did ten takes to get that plane in the shot. No, because we ended up we had to do like sometimes because it's windy, so it was a little cardboard. It was basically a cardboard plane." And sometimes it would kind of shimmy a little bit. So, but I would immediately cut. So it wasn't really ten. Because and then so he said, you know, I know that it's at least two minutes between each landing, and so that means you spent twenty minutes just trying to get that one shot. And I said, Duke, Duke, it, it wasn't a plane. It was a picture of a plane. He says, <laughs> I know a plane when I see. I fly planes. I know a real plane when I see one. I said, Duke, I'm telling you, I promise, it was a picture of a plane. <laughs> He was so a fighter pilot, right? What, what yeah. season was that? The, what was it? it was the um, one I think it was Mr. Walsh Goes to Washington. Oh my was god, that. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, you should check it out. It's pretty cool. Oh no, it was what I did on my summer vacation. That's the one it was. What I did on my summer vacation. Pretty true. Sure. <laughs> oh, I was like, what did you do on your summer vacation? I can't remember. I can't I can't believe you remember the titles of the shows you directed. Some of them I do, yes. Wow. I know. It's pretty strange. Oh my gosh. So we're obviously re-watching the show. We haven't seen it consecutively in 30 years. And season four, we're now on. And things are happening. There's about to be huge changes on the I show. Know. So it's like, it's crazy for us to be like, oh my gosh, here's the core like cast. It's about to change next season. Yeah. And you came into it when it was already like it was going down that path. Right. So next season, Shannon is leaving. Tiffany's coming in. Did you ever have any like creative differences with any of the cast members? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, there's been very few actors in my career that I could say I've had any issues with. So, I mean, in general, because it's like I said, I'm sensitive to what you guys have to go through to get to do what you do. It's incredibly hard. You make it look easy, but anyone who tries to do it will know immediately that it's really not that easy. And there's plenty of examples on TV of people who it's not that easy.
Is there ever really a way to thank your mom for everything she does? My mom is my best friend, my rock. I have learned so much from her through the years. Her wisdom has helped shape me and I love celebrating her, especially on Mother's Day. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. And since she deserves the best, send her the best there is. When it comes to flowers, send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. I love that Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, you guys. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. You go online, pick the delivery date, and you're done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to your mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code 90210 for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code 90210, books.com, promo code 90210. With the weather getting warmer, finally, it is time for a wardrobe refresh. And when I want to update my style without breaking the bank, I turn to Quince. They offer premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. And washable silk tops, timeless 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They partner directly with top factories, so Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to you. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I use the hoop earrings I ordered from Quince all the time. And basically live in the slippers that I ordered on their website. The prices and quality are so worth it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash 90210 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash 90210 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash 90210. Enter to win a free cruise for two on board the 90s cruise. Relive the magic of the iconic pop culture, music, and fashion of the 90s on the 90s cruise. Five days of concerts with some of the decade's most iconic stars, nightly theme parties, celebrity interaction, and all-out 90s events and activities. Over 25 concerts and live performances starring Blues Traveler, Collective Soul, Gin Blossoms, Everclear, Lit, Color Me Bad, Lisa Loeb, Fastball, CNC Music Factory, Jesus Jones, Digital Underground, Sophie B. Hawkins, and more. Hosted by MTV VJs Downtown Julie Brown and Matt Penfield, plus Lisa Loeb. Royal Caribbean's Serenade of the Seas will be completely transformed to take you back in time for nonstop 90s action. The 90s cruise will sail from Tampa and head to Cozumel and Costa Maya, Mexico, January 31st through February 5th, 2025. Head to the 90s com slash iHeart to enter to win a free cruise for two. Do you remember the last episode you did season 10? Uh, yeah, it was the second to last episode of the show. Okay, okay. Yeah, oh it was my called gosh. the penultimate. 
the penultimate one was called. So, oh, yeah. Gosh. And actually, I have another kind of favorite memory with you, Tori. Um, when we were shooting out at the Schick, I think it was the Schick Estate, that big, we had a carnival. Remember that episode? It was a two-parter. It had a, car a big carnival. We had a Ferris wheel and a all kind of rides and everything. And we had Babyface was the performer. Okay, yep. And so so we had a big stage that we had put up at the on the on the location. And it was you and I, because David was they he was doing some Is that when he oh no yeah. no no that's not he when was, he cheated on me. No, he was playing yep. with Babyface. Oh, okay. I think he played the bass or something. So oh no, maybe keyboard. He might have been playing keyboard. So anyway, so you and I are up on the stage and we're looking out over this big carnival that we had set up. And I said to you, and I I said, did, at your sweet 16 party, is this what, did you have something like this at your sweet 16 party? <laughs> and I thought I was kidding. <laughs> and you said, well, it wasn't quite this big, but yes. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> oh anyway. my gosh it's so yeah. nice i mean i'm sorry we caught up with you because of this incident but it's nice to catch up with you it is nice to catch it always up feels like have, ultimately we can thank whatever salt oh no pepper <laughs> <laughs> the fans really like the fans were very upset and, and they were very a, much yeah, on it was a, on your side like yeah it was a very he said she he said kind of yeah you know, no it's drama. very I, I read some of the things of the comments on instagram and they were very upset yeah i mean both sides it was sort of both sides oh the other thing about the python story that i well is that it, it's like <laughs> it was so ridiculous like like and and also he, did he say that everyone came to Shannon's defense when I was telling her she couldn't have the python? No. Something okay, like so that. here's my question. You said that he said that he that you said he she couldn't have the python on but, set. On set, but I thought he said, right? But I thought he said that she walked in with the python and that she started like going in at you, like, I uh, hope you're going to do a better job than last week's director because she had had a problem with the previous director. And it was something like that. Wow. But it wasn't, it wasn't about the Python. Oh, okay. I must have misheard his, because uh, I just was. Is I that was, true, um, Jen? That is what he said. I don't know what the, all, the, uh, the argument was about, but yeah. Ah, Okay. Well, I guess I must have done a better job because I did 11 more episodes. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. I don't even know what happened the previous week with the director that was on then that who knows if any of this is true. I know. It's all alleged. It's all alleged. Alleged. Oh, I thought you said a legend. <laughs> and that. And, and that. that. If there was a Python, that's legendary. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I can pretty much guarantee there wasn't. I actually did a show where I had a a 25 foot boa constrictor on the show and uh it weighed over 300 pounds pretty oh, crazy yeah that'd be heavy for her she's a little thing. little she's a little thing because <laughs> those those pythons get pretty they're pretty big well maybe it would be a baby python yeah maybe she came in with maybe a little corn a snake yeah we'll, we'll just paint this picture however we want it Maybe one of her fiancés had bought her a python bag. Maybe that right. had just happened. <laughs> or 
It could have been a boa, but like the feather boa. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Okay, now that wasn't have, her jam. I have one really important, probably last question for you. Were we your favorite cast ever? Why are you hesitating? Well, no, because I'm trying to give it a good thought. I would say pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. <gasps> I would say, um, you know, I never liked to, I never really, like when people say, what's your favorite color? Like, what's you your can. favorite music? I never am good with that answer. So it's the same thing because everyone, I mean, I kind of, everyone's kind of my favorite. I ha I would have a much easier time saying the people who I did not like working with. Okay, who do you not like working with? I'm just kidding. <laughs> let, me, let me say this about you, you guys. In terms of preparedness and punctuality and general level of professionalism, yes, definitely favorite. And no. Really? And, no pushback, just always happy to do the work, happy to be there, happy to be doing the show, always, and right through to the very end. So that is rare. So that uh, definite yes, I wouldn't have to give that a second thought. And, th okay. and that's kind of the most important thing because we're never, I mean, we're going to be colleagues, but not necessarily friends. So I think professionalism was, mm -hmm. and also you guys were so young. <laughs> so, like, to, to be young and that professional and that buttoned up and prepared, that's pretty impressive. And the schedule, as I'm sure you remember, was Crazy. we did a crap load of work every day. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. was, it was a tight, tight show. And we never were allowed to go over, I think it was, was it 10 hours? Definitely it was no more than 12 for sure. I think there was some. I remember more. I remember more than 12. <laughs> Yeah. In, in the first season, maybe. Okay. But by the time I got there, they were never more than 12-hour days. Or maybe I think for, us, it, for us, it was probably 14 because of hair and makeup and true. Right. That's what oh, yeah, you guys, doing. that's right. You guys would always be longer because you come in earlier. But do you yeah. remember the episode we did on the Titanic? Yes. I don't mean the Titanic. The, the Queen, Queen Mary. Mary. The Queen the Mary. Queen Mary. That was fun, and that was a good example of how the show is. So, um, I, I we shot there six days, if you recall. It was a we it did was a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I decided because I lived, it was like forty-five minutes from there to my house. So I there was a couple of days. There was one day we had it was the Goo Goo Dolls were play, and they played three songs. We had three songs by the Goo Goo Dolls seven and a half pages with the entire cast and 250 extras. That was one day's work. And so I thought that's going to be a long day. <laughs> and I also had, I did, we had a steady cam and I did like 360 shots around the whole place with dancing and, you know, the coming off the Goo Goo Dolls playing to a two shot of you guys and, you know, spinning around. It was complex. So I thought that's going to be a for I'm going to be you know begging them to give me another just another half hour. We sh we finished that day in ten hours. Oh my god! <laughs> Crazy. We stayed there. Remember we stayed on the Queen Mary. So did I. It was fun. It was like <laughs> we were on a little cruise. I don't remember sleeping there, but I remember we had like little rooms. You slept there. Yeah, you I slept. I, I feel like you and it. Tiffany like had like a suite or they have suites there. I don't know. And and then Kathleen and I did. And, and then they took us down like underneath to see where, because we were like, where's the haunted areas? And it's like the right. kitchen we got to go see afterwards. 
And then I was scared to sleep there, but I did. <laughs> That's right. That oh was fun. It was, a, it was a fun show, though. I have nothing but fond memories of that show. I remember being in our 10th season and just knowing so many actors on so many different shows at that point. And they would, I would hear them complain like, oh, and they'd be like, oh God, you guys are in your 10th season. You must just want to get out of here. And I remember thinking like, thinking about that and being like, gosh, I had never thought of that before. There wasn't one day that I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like 10 years, we always, and Jen and I even, I remember we had this conversation. There was some courtroom case. I don't know why. And we had this conversation. We both, because we were both one of the few ones there for the entire run. Right. Um, and Ian and Brian. And yeah, we loved what we did. I know. Imagine great. if it just kept going on. Imagine like for 30 years. <laughs> Jen's like. <laughs> you could do it. We could do it. That's for we sure. Could do it. Michael, what are you working on now? Now I am working on actually I, I have a couple I have this one project which I've been nursing along for quite a few years. It's a based on a series of books called Dead End Dating. And it's about a 26, well, she's actually 626 year old vampire who is from a very wealthy old school vampire family and she hates her, she hates her family. She doesn't want to go into the family business, so she starts a dating service. For vampires, werewolves, <laughs> and others, and okay. it's, set, it's set in New York City. It's sort of a like a mix between True Blood and Sex in the City. <laughs> so there's, I there's like a, it. yeah, there's vampires, there's blood, it. there's killing, and then there's jokes and rom com stuff. Great so, title, yeah. great concept. What's yeah. the holdup? What's the holdup? I, I know. know. <laughs> What's the holdup? It's t- you know, it's TV. Yep. So that that's kind of what I've been working on. And then I also wrote a musical, my second musical. The first one was produced in North Hollywood and ran for six weeks. Um, this one is based on Macbeth and it's set on Wall in Wall Street today. Wow. So yeah, Macbeth is like a venture capital. None of it. He works at a big like Goldman Sachs type company and he ends up being the king of Wall Street instead of the king of Scotland. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. And what my was actual, your first m- musical? What was the first one that was? The first in one was a sort of a comedy. It was called Reunion. It was about my my the guy who's the composer of both of them, and I actually have known each other since eighth grade. So we went to a high school reunion. I'm not going to say how many years it was, but you can tell from my color of my beard. Um, and we went together. It was back east, and when we on the way back to LA, I said to him, we need to write about this because that was really weird. So we wrote a musical about a 25th high school reunion and like all the kids and, you know, well, well, now they're all adults coming back and it's pretty funny. Uh, Sounds funny. Yeah, it was good. But anyway. Will you write a musical for us? Yes. I'm going to work on it. So our our favorite movie as friends is Death Becomes Her. Uh Uh-huh. Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. Yep. So, so we want to do a musical version of that yeah. with you and Jenny. All right. I'll Look get at right Jen's face. <laughs> I just I'm like to rile call, her up. I'm going to call my composer right now. Hold on. Hello? Okay. Yes. Musical of Death Becomes Her. Get on it. Okay. It'll be done. <laughs> You're such a champ for coming on and Thank you. digging into this very sensitive, uh, alleged situation. 
Well, really no appreciate longer, you clearing the air. Thank it's no you. longer a legend. It's no. dead. It <laughs> is. the python. It's the past. That's right. It's the past. Peppergate. Over. Over. <laughs> and <laughs> seen. And I can tell you that well, I'm not going to say anything mean about Pepper. <laughs> I'm not going to say just anything. Stop mean. there. Just stop. Stop right here because stop right this is a podcast, and who knows? Yep. Who What's knows the- what can happen? <laughs> oh, I can feel it coming. Um, <laughs> thank you, Michael. It's really, really great to see you. Great to see you too. You. We too, love too. you. We love you too. And congrats. You know, cool. All the cool, things. All the it- things. Well, well. after this, we have six more seasons, and you're a part of all those seasons. So, will you come back? We'll have you back. Definitely. Explain some things to us. Yes. Yes, please. I would love to. I have many more stories, I'm sure. I love it. Okay. Dust them off. Okay, Michael. Okay. Bye. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.